2: nascar cup series racing from
1: bristol on the dirt ready to race bristol dirt appreciate all the hard work with this auto roll. i'll keep it up in here let's just have a nice dollar here
2: yeah buddy we'll get it done here
1: we're we'll trying to pay attention to what the track's doing do my best for you out there everyone be safe Lakes are all rolling boogity
2: boogity boogity let's go racing boys
3: <laughs> there it is <laughs>
0: 75 laps, the first run
3: here. And it's a fight back down to the
1: line. It will be Chase Frisco. 18's really good at getting to the bottom and staying there. It's muddy, but I can still see the grill. A lot of these guys in front of him, he's already covered up. Try to bump up to somebody and get it off. His nose is caked right now, so he's probably running higher. And caution is out at lap 13. Yellow is out, yellow is out. I believe it's for mud on the grills. Mandatory pit stop. Leading the grill in the windshield. Coming back to it. Starts on
2: you. Pace truck is in. Green flag.
1: 14 there. He's leading. Leader's up in the wall to three and four. Blue and left rear. Left still up. We got something down. Be ready. hold the brake. Try and get it back rolling. Try and get it back rolling when you can. The race leader, Chase Briscoe, is now in some trouble. Something's broke, I don't know what it is. It's going to be Kyle Larson, and Larson gets a great restart.
0: Starting to get some drops up here, coming from behind me. Got one in the fence here.
3: Justin Algar
0: Stage sticker right here.
2: Kyle Larson picks up his first stage win of the year.
0: That road will be open, we'll come this time right here. I mean, definitely, he's got to take track position.
1: That's the plan here.
0: Everybody's come so far, Travis. All of them.
1: Staying out. Staying out. Daniel Suarez does not pit. He is your leader. Here we go, and
0: Suarez is on it. Perfect. Perfect. Stay down, stay down, stay down, stay down. Right front, right front. Check up, check up. Stop if you can. Get low, get low, get low. Four car
2: pile up in the back straightaway. Ooh, one almost went over. You okay? Yeah.
1: Double jeopardy time here. Racing to the end of the stage, possibly to the end of the race if the weather hits. You have momentum by one, driving away. By two.
2: We're at the end of stage two. Stage
1: checkered. Pray for rain.
2: First career stage win for Briscoe.
3: There's a lot of water, man. My windshield is already full. We've got action stopped here at Bristol Motor Speedway.
2: All right, let's have the drivers reporting to the cars.
3: Now it's time to go back
2: to business.
0: I mean, the truck's good. I mean, obviously, I would have loved to take it the easy way, but going to have to earn motors hurt pretty bad. Hopefully, it fires up here. Oh, that thing is terrible. Yeah, I just that tow truck's going to give him a push here. Ready, and
1: go. Forward. Back to green. Everybody's more sideways than you inside 20 coming back to you. A little casual
2: contact. Caution, though, caution, though. He just wrecked us. Chase is wrecked us. Watch these squirrels e- Easy, Cody. Stop, bud. He's a f- moron. He's been the f- If he touched our tire, i whip his
0: ass. Better get ready to whip his ass, because he's trying to. Stop, Cody. Stop. You're ahead of him. Tired of getting bullied by all these guys. Inside. Hang on. Wreck the
1: Hold oh, on, here. Caution out. I mean, I'm better than every single one of these in front of me. It's all lane choice. Oh, slide job. Here oh. it comes. Get back to him, to pay it back. Hold her right where you're at. Go, 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 go right in the middle. Oh, head. She blew up. motor gone. You got it s***, rain. saw uh, the yellow, display the red. All right, man, they want to earn this Go do it. Green, green. Out the windshield's on the cover. Just to make it last right here, Sunday drive. You in the 18 by 1 to the 22. 14 just got clear the 18 on the bottom lane your three and four is money don't change anything do not get green. one and two
3: it's going to take a pretty bold move for that 14
1: to get by that eight nothing out the back white flag still inside just you and him, nothing out of the back. it will be clear down. Whatever you need, still one back, all clear. He's gonna probably dive low here. Diving low, loose under you here. There he goes. Out of the bottom, slides up into the right. Who's gonna save it? Neither one. Gas it up, gas it up, gas it up, gas it up, gas it up. He's coming all the way to the top. He's coming up to the top. Gotta be the ace to the line here. Boom!
2: Kyle Busch steals one. <laughs>
1: I let him get too close. Should have drove away from him there. he's probably not going to be happy, but at least he still ended up T2. That's my fault for sure. It's on me. I would have done the same. <laughs> honestly. Unbelievable, man. Way to
0: keep your head in it. That was awesome. Great job, guys. Appreciate the effort. One of them finally shaked our way. <laughs>
4: Welcome to TrackSmack here on TrackSmackRadio.com. Don Hall, trying to be back with you this week uh, after not having a voice at all. Uh, that was radioactive, courtesy of Fox, NASCAR on Fox. And Kyle Busch sneaks away with one. you got Tyler Reddick and... Chase Briscoe spinning out and and taking each other out and then coming together and talking it out on pit road. Both of them admitting, well, not both of them, but one apologizing, the other admitting he would have done the same thing. It was awesome sportsmanship. So much to talk about with Bristol on the dirt. Mixed emotions from drivers, mixed emotions from fans. But guess what? Tickets are on sale for... 2023 for bristol on the dirt they will be back they're doing it once again someone that's back doing it again as always here with me is mike Haig. mike of course from RaceDaySA.com, and mike held it down solo last week mike i appreciate that so much how are you this week? i'm
3: doing great dawn and good to have you back it was a little lonely here in the driver's <laughs> seat uh last week but uh, i got through it and got a show out and i uh, hope everybody heard it and if not it's in the archive <laughs> but anyway uh but it's good to have you uh, good to hear your voice again and uh man you've had a, a bout of this laryngitis the last couple of weeks but uh it uh, looks, looks like you're finally on the rebound
4: yeah we're we're coming i mean it's still hit or miss you can kind of hear it a little bit it's still still kind of deep and goes in and out as as my friend holmes williams says he calls it my sexy stripper voice so i don't know <laughs> maybe by the end of the show we'll have to come up with a with a stripper name.
3: Oh boy. <laughs>
4: uh, I don't know. I mean, you know how well, they do those on Facebook? It's like, what is it? Like the color of your underwear and the last thing you ate?
3: Yeah. Well, you know, Chris Dool used to call you the NASCAR babe. Remember yeah. that?
4: Yeah. So maybe,
3: maybe that could be your name.
4: I used to hate that because, <laughs> like, when he used to call me, that was like in the early 2000s. And that's when that, I think she was in Philadelphia, the, ba- uh, the baseball babe or whatever they would call her. She
3: oh, was a, who was that? Yeah.
4: I don't know. She was a. Big old older woman, yeah. You would always call her that too, and she I knew who
3: that was. I, wanted,
4: I think she was like up there in Philadelphia with like the Phillies or something. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, but it's good to be back, and hopefully, uh, hopefully the voice will hold out here for a little bit, and we'll. But if not, we've got lots of audio.
3: <laughs> yeah, we do, definitely so, do. So,
4: Mike, your thoughts on Bristol?
3: Well, I really, um, I had mixed emotions. I, I, I really like the Cup Series drivers racing on dirt. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if the next gen car is the car to be doing it. in. I, I grew up, um, watching racing on the short tracks in South Texas. Uh, I've, I've been to dirt tracks before I've covered dirt track racing. I say, put these guys in true dirt cars and let them go after it. Um, it's neat to see these cup cars sliding around out there a little bit. And, and, um, you know, it, it yes, it was dusty. And I know Harvick was complaining about the track a little bit, and some of the others, but It's a, it's a cool concept. It's different. It's gimmicky. Um, They had a halfway decent crowd. I thought, you know, Mm -hmm. wasn't bad for, for um, Bristol Um,
4: and with the weather,
3: with the weather. Exactly. Overall uh, I'd I'd give it about a B B plus if I was grading it, whatever. Could have been better. I think the track prep could have been better. I had to agree with Harvick and we'll hear from him in a minute. But uh, overall, um, what a finish! You know, it comes down to the last basic half lap of the race, and guys are sliding around, and then Kyle Busch slips around, slips through and gets the, the win, and Tyler finished the second, and the other guy Briscoe, uh, you know, slips all the way back to I think he finished 20, 22nd in the race. You know, yeah, go he from
4: couldn't get a couldn't get it spun the right direction. Yeah.
3: But hey, look at look at the top ten here. Logano gets third. Larson gets fourth. Ryan Blaney was fifth. Another great finish for him this year. Uh, Alex Bowman, sixth. Christopher Bell was impressive. Uh, he finished seventh. Chase Elliott, eighth. Michael McDowell cracks the top 10 again uh, this year. He finishes ninth. And Ty Dillon finishes tenth. So uh, good to see some guys that normally don't run in the top 10 get in the top 10 this this race as well the other thing i like don is uh nine races eight different winners so far this season that leaves um only uh, what eight more spots to get in so half of the uh playoff spots are now filled if you're going to win to get in on that on that kind of ratio but um so some of these are guys that we talking about this every week, need to pick it up. They want to get in the playoffs.
4: Well, Mike, just a little fun fact for you. Uh, Fox TV earned a 4.007 million viewers for Sunday night's Bristol Dirt Race. That's the most watched NASCAR event of any kind at Bristol Motor Speedway since the spring of 2016. For the season so far, NASCAR is up 17%. Since yeah that's huge those are huge
3: numbers those are huge numbers and you know car took a gamble on this and and they ruffled a few feathers with some of the drivers and fans about racing on easter mm-hmm. and but i think you know yes it is a re- re- you know very religious holiday many people were upset about that but what i did like about it is and i'm sure this was this is what happened families getting together you know for Easter celebrations and stuff like that, barbecues. What better way to have a NASCAR race on when you have a family get together and the guys are out drinking beer outside or in the man cave and, you know, the women are doing their thing and, and they're, you know, watching the NASCAR race and here it is a dirt race. And, you know, it's at Bristol. And I think, I think NASCAR was on to something. It was it, it was
4: at night. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, you're not out hunting Easter. Well, uh, some people might. Yeah. But do some glow in the dark. That would be fun. But I mean, it was, it was was at night and for the people that went, Mike, um, I'm not sure if you paid attention to uh, Doug Rice posted several photos of it, but for people that went, there was a big church service that they had there at the track, a a big Easter service and stuff. And then they did a bunch of festivities. Yeah. They did a bunch of festivities and stuff out at the track too, I think for the kids and everything. So, I, I mean, you know, they they race on Mother's Day. They race on mm-hmm. Father's. You know, it's it's just again. If they would have raced at at one o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, I could see an issue with it on, on Easter Sunday. But it was Sunday evening. It was it's it was fine.
3: And I think in the audio we have a little bit later with Steve O'Donnell. I think he addresses this addresses this issue why they decided to go ahead and do the uh, Bristol race on Easter Sunday versus you know taking the weekend off
4: yeah
3: so we'll uh, hear from him i believe he addresses that in that audio all
4: right well uh we've got lots of audio and stuff to, uh we'll talk about that we'll also talk about we're heading to talladega next so that's okay. going to be a, a i mean from one cluster f to the nether <laughs> but i'm looking forward to it i i really am because it seems like this this uh next gen car loves the super speedways and loves loves to go fast so uh, should be a fun race. Mike and I will have our picks. I know Mike. Also, we're gonna talk uh um a, a little IndyCar probably, but then uh, NHRA because we go to Houston this weekend, correct?
3: Yes, we do. We're gonna be at the uh, Houston Raceway Park for this for the final Spring Nationals, is what they're telling us. The last national event ever there. Uh, The track's going to shut down in early 2023, and it's going to be taken over and becoming an industrial uh, park uh, business area. It looks like they're going to be using the facilities to store a bunch of things and build buildings on and things like that. So we hate to see that happen, but I'm going to be having a special... um, uh NHRA update show uh hopefully uh for Thursday or Friday uh, this week to listen to and then I have some uh, audio and um some interviews we did a zoom interview with Tony Schumacher Alexis DeJoria, and Erica Enders the other day and and it's going to be pretty much about their thoughts about track closing down you know Alexa and uh, I'm sorry Alexis and um Tony now live in Austin Mm they're Austin residents. And then Erica is from Houston, but she's living now in Oklahoma where the race shop is, but she and her sister Courtney grew up there. And, and so we'll talk about that here in a little bit, but, but I've got some special audio and they had some very interesting things to say about the possibility. Dawn of even building a, the circuit of the Americas is going to be building a possible drag strip there. Now at the Houston track is shutting down. So I have exclusive audio. There with stuff that she said about the possibility of that happening as well. Wow. So. And, you know, there's the Circuit of the Americas, just real quick while we're on that topic, uh, they uh, announced today they're going to build some condominiums there at the uh, on Turn 11. Hmm. Beautiful condominiums they're going to have. Uh, so uh, maybe they're taking the page out of Texas Motor Speedway's book. You know, they have the beautiful condos, Lone Star Condos there at Texas Motor Speedway. And now it looks like we're going to have some at um, the Circuit of the Americas as well. So and we're going to have to keep our eye out and see how they turn out.
4: So we've got an amusement park coming in, some condominiums, yeah, please
3: everything. I mean, but they got yeah. a lot of land out there. There's a lot of property, and and there's a lot of potential out there to make that a multi-purpose racing facility. Well, it already is, you know, with the with the road course and stuff. But all they need got... is a
4: Walmart or Dairy Queen and a Sonic, and they're their own town right there.
3: They'll be building those down the road, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Well, Mike, uh, we've got lots of audio there in the Radioactive. We got to hear a lot of audio. We heard from Daniel Suarez. We heard from Cody Ware. And Cody Ware, I wanted to address that really quick. I, I mean, I don't know what I want to say. High five, thumbs up, whatever. Uh, Cody Ware, I like that attitude. He's wow. like, I'm tired of these mother, you know what, mother truckers pushing know, <laughs> bullying me and stuff. And I, I'm like, you know, yeah. Again, it's even playing. I'm sorry, my (laughs) voice. It's it's even playing field now. You know, screw this pushing these guys out of the way because they're in crappier equipment or whatever. We're all on the same playing field now, boys. So, yeah, Cody, where I like that. Don't let these assholes push you around and stuff. I mean, it's just. Um, I really liked it. I liked, uh, Joey Logano had a great race. Like I said, and Daniel Suarez had a, had a pretty good first half of the race there. I really thought he was going to get the win. I thought the rain was going to come down and then he ended up having to go pit and that pitch strategy kind of screwed, screwed them over. But, uh, it did.
3: but you know, uh, what's really kind of took me back when I looked at the point standings, the fact that we're nine races into the season and chase Elliott leads the standings and doesn't even have a win. It's crazy. And Ryan Blaney's knocking on the door in second with with without a win, and then Logano's in third without a win. So these guys, I mean, they they've uh, they've consistently finished toward the top, and and they're up there. And um, the point standings look a lot different this year than they have in several years. But I think that's uh, just goes to show you how great the competition is and how close these cars are, and this playing field has been leveled. And that's what I really like about this. 2022
4: season. Yeah, you and me both. But I tell you one other thing it shows these guys better get their ass in gear and get a win because if if we keep getting new winners every week, it won't matter that they're first, second, or third in points if they don't have a win. But if we've got 16 other winners and those guys don't have a win, guess who's not going to be in the playoffs? Those three yeah. guys. So and
3: speaking of slipping in and getting a win, Kyle Bush. <laughs> yes. He
4: did. Would you say he backed his way into a win, Mike?
3: He did. <laughs> hey, take it any way you can get it. But so we have some audio from him. You want to go ahead and play it? Yeah, play it. Sure. This is the the post-race interview with Jamie Little on the front straightaway. This is courtesy of Fox sports and NASCAR. Here we go.
1: Well, Kyle Busch has said many times this year, things just haven't gone your way. The last lap. What do you have to say about how that one ended giving you your first win of the year?
2: Yeah, we got one, you know, it doesn't matter how you get them.
0: It's all about getting them. So, um, just can't say enough uh man i feel like dale earnhardt senior right now this is awesome i didn't even do anything um, just uh a testament to our team and joe gibbs racing toyota m&ms appreciate the crunchy cookie camry trd here and uh and it being fast fast enough to stay in contention fast enough to see those guys i don't know why we just couldn't fire off after the the rain uh every time it rained both times it just would not fire and uh it took it about 20 laps to get going so um Overall, just uh, real pump to be back, uh, real pump to get a win. This one means a lot. Um, you know, I can win on any surface here at Bristol. Bring it on, baby. What is it here
4: on Easter Sunday? <laughs> he, had to, uh, he had to stoke the crowd there on that final one. I can win on uh, any surface. Bring it on.
3: <laughs> bring it on. And then the the uh, comment about, it. I feel like Dale Earnhardt here. They didn't do anything. <laughs> I know
4: they were booing. And he's like, I didn't wreck anybody. I just happened to be there. <laughs>
3: The look on his face was priceless. I mean, yeah.
4: but I think he knew. I think he knew as soon as he got out of the car. I'm about to have to eat a big old plate of crow, uh, <laughs> you know. And, and so then he, we'll take them any way we can get them. <laughs> like exactly. funny, that's not what you were saying just a few weeks ago about Alex Bowman.
3: <laughs> but, you know, when you look at what happened with Tyler Reddick and, and Chase Briscoe, Don, those last few laps, man, those guys had a car yeah, and they were racing that track. And, man, that, that was exciting to see Briscoe, you know, chase down rhetoric and then just the, the lines they were running and just the lap traffic they had to deal with and everything. It was just, to me, that's what that's what th- this sport should be about, you know, close finishes like that. Mm-hmm. every every week it should be like that
4: absolutely and i tell you say what you will about the race but Guys like those two that you just named Kyle Bush did the same thing, but I saw Joey Logano quite a bit of times sideways sliding it into those turns. That's, I mean, dirt tracking it right around in all senses of the word. You still had guys struggling that were really trying to do their normal angling in and all this, but <laughs> those guys, I mean, those tires were just sliding and I mean, they were, I mean, it, it was just, it was, it was so awesome to see it.
3: But that's what I'm saying. If we should, that's where I think we should put these guys in regular dirt cars, like like we see, you know, like open like open wheel modifieds or, or uh, limited, you know, late model or something on on a you see it, you see like a race at I thirty seven or Cotton Bowl Speedway or one of the tracks around here in Texas. Uh, if we could see them in cars like that, you know, true dirt cars, not sprint cars or anything like that, true dirt cars. Um, I think we would the ratings would be through the roof. You know, people would love to see something like that. Yeah. Uh, for not, not, not every week maybe but but you know every once in a while have a have a dirt race and put it on, on let's race at a real dirt track as well not not a track we're gonna come in and you know reconfigure in the dirt
4: why don't you do it like you did the coliseum at the first of the year do, uh, like a exhibition race do it out of el or something i mean yeah. it would be fun i agree with you in a sense there was two things that i, I talked to you about earlier in the week i asked you because again I've I've gone to dirt races local you know dirt races and stuff and then but I'm not I I don't know enough about it to to be to call myself an expert by no means but I was telling you I said you know to me this track just seemed to look like a dirty track um and that's the one thing I about Bristol that I don't really like is it seems like after a few laps it just looks like the dirt I mean like there's just a dusty track because you can still see the asphalt through you know through all of the dirt and stuff whereas when you go to a dirt track, I mean, it's just straight up dirt, right? Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> um, well, and then they also know how to, pre- pre- you know, prepare the track and prep it with water. You water part of it down and everything, and you grade it, and there's different things pack you it. pack it and different things you do to it to, to get it that way. It seemed like, Whoever was doing this or was in charge of this didn't really know what they were doing.
4: Are you kidding? With the demolition derby cars that they had out there, yeah. <laughs> the Packer cars—that's what my <laughs> husband watched. It and he's like, "Are those demolition derby cars?" <laughs> um, it was like an old Caprice and something else old, driving. Oh, old,
3: old police cruisers and taxi cabs. <laughs> it looked like.
4: Um, but the other thing too that they're definitely going to have to work on is the stability and the uh, or the, I guess I should say the. In- endurance of this car of the car being able to endure on this track uh, you saw austin Dillon blow up mm-hmm. ross chastain couldn't even get his daggone car i mean it sounded pitiful and couldn't get it going there and had to be pushed back to the garage area um other drivers you know and then you had just the issue at the very beginning of the race with the mud packing up on the on, yeah. the, on the front but other than that let me let me just say this mike i want to applaud nascar though for getting the entire race in they could have called it two different times and they waited and they let it go and and i think you know again because it was on dirt you could you could do that a little bit more but bristol has lights too and i love the fact that they let it go all the way and we got the entire race in and it really didn't Mm -hmm. go any that much longer than what it was supposed to
3: you're right, and but I think they knew they had a captive audience, you yeah. know. The, the ratings, I think they knew they were going to have decent ratings, and they really weren't up against anything really going on that, that evening. And it's a Sunday evening, and a lot of people had off Monday as well, you know, for Easter Monday. And and um, so um, you know, why not try to get it in? And and, and they were watching the radar and they saw they had the opportunity to get it in, and they sure as hell did get it in, so. Could, I have to agree. Kudos to NASCAR for for what they did Sunday night.
4: Did you see the drunk guy during the break during the red flag break? <laughs> the drunk guy that climbed up into the. Uh, flag tower <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he
3: was up
4: there dancing, getting the crowd all up to dance and stuff. There was guys that were posting video and stuff and no one ever came and got him down. He climbed down on his own accord, but he was up there <laughs> dancing and trying to get the crowd like to do the wave and all kinds of crap. It was hysterical. So back to our audio, Mike, um, one of the coolest things. That I have seen in a post-race interview is, you know, they're sitting there interviewing. Who who were they interviewing? Oh, well, I guess he was interviewing Tyler. Tyler, Red- Tyler
3: Rhetoric. And then Austin. Um, or I Chase, mean, Chase Briscoe. Chase Briscoe walks up.
4: Right. And and it was so cool to have the cameras keep going so we could hear this conversation. Um, I love it. And, and we have the audio, right?
3: We sure do. And, and what a difference it was from a week ago with Ty Gibbs and Sam Mayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we went from one extreme to the other. So here is the interview with, with um, Tyler rhetoric. And then Chase Briscoe walks up and the two of them talk.
0: Seemed like he did everything right tonight. Tyler talked me through turns three and four, what took place over there and what are the emotions right now?
1: Well, I don't think I did everything right. To be honest with you, Regan. Um, you know, Briscoe was able to run me back down there and he was, he was in, you know, he just looking at it, you know, I, I should have done a little bit better job of uh, just, you know, I don't know. I shouldn't let him get that close. You know, he ran me back down, worked really hard to do that. And, I mean, racing on dirt, going for the move on the final corner, it's its everything that as a driver you hope to battle for in his situation um, and it made it really exciting for the fans. So it, it, it does suck, but we we're able to finish second still. And me, being honest, you know, I, I should have done a better job and, and pulled away. So, you know, he wasn't in range to, to try and make that move. That's how I look at it.
0: Thanks, Tyler. Chase has actually uh, walked up over here behind us. Chase. Tried, like, sucks, I was going to spin out, I think, either way. And then I, saw, I was like, oh, please don't get him with the right rear. Please don't get him with the right rear. And I saw it. I'm sorry. I, I just wanted to let you know. Hey, you did have a job, me down. I, I kept trying. I was trying it so hard. I couldn't run any harder. But. It's i'm sorry good. i wish and you I needed, won. I needed to drive away and you know let's get close that's it's all right fine. i just want to apologize anybody <laughs> that's fun it's though
3: yeah. there you go Dawn, and i guarantee you there was a guy in the production the tv truck yelling stay with it stay with it stay with it you know because when we, when he walked up there you know and and, and i'm glad they captured all that audio in uh, video because it made for a neat little interview and got to see the guys and they seem to be pretty sincere i think
4: yeah, I do too. And I mean, you heard there after the wreck. I mean, once just uh, on the end car, they, they, one, you know, of course, was taking responsibility and the other one was saying then, you know, I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing. So um, I liked it. I liked that because that's what racing's about. That's the one thing I hate. I know that tempers flare and I get it. And there's times when, yes you know, it it does call for going and getting in somebody's face. Uh, it calls for you balling up and taking your helmet off and getting in somebody's face. Um, but that's a whole nother, another deal for me. But at the same time, it's nice too when guys can go up there and, and talk it out as well and, and come away from it, especially on a dirt track. You know, there's a lot of things that you can handle, but there are some things that are out of your control. And I mean, you know, racing on the dirt, you can do everything that you, that you can in your own power, but you, you just don't have the same control going into those turns and stuff that you do on, on asphalt, yeah. or, you know, concrete or whatever. So, um, I liked it. I mean, there, why overreact, especially when one of you still came away with a second place finish, you know? Yeah. So I I thought it was, I thought it was great sportsmanship. I really did.
3: It really was. <laughs> But I still uh man, uh, when Kyle Bush slipped around then those two and I thought, wow, the fact that he got the win and 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 then Rhetoric recovering with the car finishing second, you know. Uh he, he could have finished a lot further down. Uh you know, kudos to him for being alert and ready, ready to Get it back pointed in the right direction and get across that finish line any way you can. So
4: Well, you heard a spotter there in radioactive telling him, you know, go, 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 AT's coming around you, AT. And so he <laughs> almost, almost was able to get it to yeah. where Kyle didn't get in front of. Him. But that goes to show you too how far ahead the two those two guys were.
3: They were. They were flying. They were flying. Now, um both drivers this past week were on uh Sirius XM nascar satellite radio there and uh, so the next uh interview we have is uh they they talk to both guys about you know the the last lap and what happened and so we're gonna listen to the next audio we have is chase briscoe with dave moody and the guys in. that's what the morning show
4: oh no no dave moody does one of like the mid oh, no, it's oh, mid
3: afternoon okay so here's the interview with them earlier this week here we go
0: hindsight it's always easier you know to say man i wish i would have done this i wish i would have done that but you know in the moment obviously adrenaline's pumping and i'd ran him down so fast in his last three or four laps that's why i was telling you know my wife on the drive home i I said i wish i would have caught him with five to go so i could have tried some more things to work him over but in that moment i knew that was going to be my only chance and i just went to throw a slider and as soon as I went in there, I, I knew that that was not going to work. I just had so much less grip than I had kind of anticipated. And I was going, you know, probably 10 to 15 miles an hour quicker than I'd entered the corner all night long. And it just didn't work out. And it, it was a stupid move. Obviously looking back on it, I wish I would have finished second and finishing 22nd and ruining Tyler's race even more importantly. So yeah, you know, I think, it was good that it happened to a dirt guy, I guess, in a sense of him not being as mad. You know, I think the dirt guys, whether it was Reddick or Larson, you know, they understand how racing on dirt is, right? Like yep. Tyler even said that he knew it was going to, it was coming because on dirt, whenever you get a run like that, you know, in a dirt car, we can throw slide jobs, four, five, six car lengths back. And you would have pulled that move from lap two of the race, not just because it was the last corner of the race. So I think it, it helped that it was a dirt guy and Tyler understood. And it definitely wasn't ideal, but I'm glad that we both understood where we were coming from. And like Tyler said, he would have done the exact same thing if he was in my shoes. I just hate that it ended the way it did, obviously, and took him out. So like I said, hindsight, it's always easier to, to go back and say, man, I wish I would have done this, wish I would have done that. Yeah, obviously it wasn't the smartest decision looking back on it. But when I went in there, I thought that was the way I was going to do it. And, you know, I had it planned out. You know, I knew when I got there, I was going to try to throw <laughs> sliders because that was the only way I felt like I was going to be able to pass team. And we were running the top the whole time. And that's why I told Tyler, as soon as he went in and, and kind of guarded against the slider, which is what he, he was supposed to do. I I knew right away that I was in trouble and I I started spinning out and just held it wide open underneath me trying to stay off of him. And I wish now how it worked out. I wish I would have just faked the slider. And when he went to the middle, I would have went to the top and tried to diamond off. But obviously you can run it back a hundred times in your head and, and how you would have done it, but how I did, it didn't work out. And I look like an idiot doing it.
3: And Don, you know, he owned up, he owned up to it. And then like you said, you know, could have done something different looking back, but um Again, uh, I thought it was, you know, great racing and it made for a spectacular finish.
4: Yeah, it definitely did. So, uh, and again, like you said, I mean, I'm glad that he owned up to it. That's, that's, that's all I ask. I don't think it's a lot to ask of drivers to own up to, you know, if you screw up or whatever, yeah. own up to it, move on next race.
3: Exactly. <laughs> But anyway, and then so we also hear from uh, we also are going to hear from Tyler Redrick. Uh, he also was on um, the uh, radio this last week with uh, and did some interviews on the radio and TV. And this one is with Danielle Trotta and Larry Mack here. And here, so here's what Tyler had to say about that last lap, looking back now. And here we go. Certainly, you know,
1: wasn't an easy, easy moment. You know, there was a lot that happened there on the final lap. But you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say I, I take, you know, I. I feel like I share some of the blame for, you know, I guess contact that, that happened on the last lap, but certainly, you know, um, not being able to to pull back away and, and, and really allowing him to close up on the, on the rear bumper uh, of our car, you know, on that last lap, you know, I, I just, when I, when talking about that, you know, I just wish I would have done a better job and and know that if I would have done a better job and, and opened up a one, two car length gap that, you know, the move that Chase was trying to, or, you know, that tried to make there, um, you know, he wouldn't have been able to. So that was just what I meant more than anything. Um, You know, I, I knew the move was coming as soon as we came off turn two, because it was a move that, that I had made on, on, on others like Brian Blaney, Joey Logano earlier in the race and been able to pull it off. So I knew it was coming. So I tried to guard against it. Um, But uh, I mean, all in all, as much as, it would be easy to just blame it all on chase and say he took my race away and this and that it's just it's just not the case um you know i was in control of my race car for the entire race um you know and and in those closing laps um you know i certainly could have gotten more out of my car i think i could have done a better job been better in one and two where he was better than i was and so those are you know, those are the, the things I take away from this race and, and try and learn from so I can be a better driver.
3: And there you go, Don. But I also think, you know, that he needs to think about the fact that he was coming up on a lot of lap cars as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though he would try to do that move and try to block him a little bit, uh, you know, he had he had cars in front of him and he, w- he was moving quickly and, you know, it all happens in a blink of an eye and it's just the way it went down. So, but I like what he, I like what he said.
4: Oh, I do too. And I mean, I wish he wouldn't. I mean, I know it's hard not to beat yourself up, you know, over it and stuff, but it's like, don't beat your, you were in a position, you know, you were in position for the win and, uh, you know, they were, they were both going for it. And that's, that's all you can ask. I mean, that's, that's what you want as a driver is to put yourself in the position to Mm -hmm. make a move or not make a move, you know, but again, the, both of them, both drivers have, have made statements this year. I mean, they are both guys that you look at now and are saying, oh yeah, these two have a chance to win at this track or could win here or whatnot. So I, that's the only thing is I, I just kind of wish he wouldn't be, you know, cause you can kind of hear it in his voice. He's really yeah. kind of beating himself up over overthinking it. Just let it go. Yeah. You know, let, let it go,
3: go and, and race your race, right? do What you do best, you know, and, and if, it, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. And if it's not, you know, try again the next week at yeah. the next track.
4: Exactly. So. well
3: we also had a lot of uh crying crying and everything going on with harvick uh i'm going to mention him for a minute he uh got knocked out of the race with an accident on lap 100 and ended up finishing 34th he was not a happy camper and you know denny hamlin lost the engine there and he finished 35th so some of these guys you know kurt bush and austin Dillon had issues and so it all started the week before with the statement that Kyle Busch made, you know, remember that one about cut yeah. the cord and <laughs> based on a comment that Richard Petty had made about NASCAR going backwards or whatever, and not professional enough to, when they race these uh, dirt tracks, they're not professional enough anymore. And so Harvick, um, right, I guess it was right outside the medical center. He, uh, met with the media and, uh, he had some pretty Harsh things to say. So here's what, uh, Kevin Harvick, here's, here's his reaction. I can tell you is we did a terrible job prepping the track and full of mud.
2: There was nobody here to pack the track. So we all look like a bunch of bozos coming into to pit because we don't know how to prep the track. Um, and then we get, don't get the lucky dog for whatever reason with two cars on pit road. And then we got run over by, I don't know who ran us over at the end.
0: After,
1: uh. After you got your lap back, did you feel like it was I had kind of car. adequate?
2: I had a great car. The racetrack was fine. They just did a terrible job to start with. They've done this before, but obviously it doesn't look like it.
1: Will you go speak with them or say something like, hey? I can't talk
2: to them. You yeah. might be able to. Might be. But if I had to, if I had my choice, we would be doing this anyway. You would, I mean, do you think it's
1: just, is this is something that's salvageable? Like, could you, do you think, like, there's what's enough the point? improvement? What's the point, really? I don't know. The, the point is something different,
0: right? In grassroots. I guess and the trying. TV ratings will tell that. Yeah. So if the TV ratings are high, it'll be great.
1: But you were really, you really liked this track the way it was. Not, you know, not every driver did, but you were one of the ones who really liked it, right?
2: I, You know, I think Bristol is a, a great racetrack, but it must not have been, you know, what everybody liked. Pretty frustrated? I just don't. I think it's ridiculous that we're doing what we're doing anyway.
3: Uh-oh. Wow. That's all I got to say is he really, uh, he hit he hit the nail on the head on a few things. I mean
4: He did, but I wanna address a couple of things, okay? okay. <laughs> and then I'm gonna address Denny Hamlin too, because Denny Hamlin went on a rant kind of earlier after he left the race on Twitter, but then sang a different tune at the end. But back to Kevin Harvick. First of <laughs> all, it doesn't take much to go back and look in the history books or on YouTube or whatever to go and look and see that Even through the highest peak TV times, Bristol day race always sucked. No one liked the Bristol day race. Everyone always liked the Bristol night race. And if we're not running on dirt, they're going to run a day race. They're not going to run two night races because it takes away then from the night race in the fall. So I'm going to challenge him on that because Bristol didn't always put on a great show. And I'm going to challenge him and say that Bristol hasn't put on a great show in the at least five years yeah it's been a while so we haven't seen what this new car can do on on that track but based on what i saw at martinsville and at richmond it could be questionable if that car is going to put on a good show at red bristol i'll tell you right now i'm worried yeah well very worried and then he said kind of like he thought that the ratings were going to back him up with his thing and that just that theory just got blown to shit in a handbasket because the ratings were the highest ratings since 2016 so guess what kevin get your dirt panties ready because you're going to be racing back on the dirt uh next year if you're racing still so um denny hamlin mike he had gotten on twitter earlier and He was one of the ones that was bitching about. So tell me why they changed the scoring before the green in stage two. Then 99 and 14 stayed out. That's why teams and drivers are confused. How do you expect people at home to know what the F is going on if the storytellers on TV don't know? And it was so funny because Dave Moody came in there and corrected him really quick. And he's like, unnerving how many drivers and crew chiefs don't know the scoring procedure, despite it being laid out in advance. Hell, I was aware and I'm at home this weekend. And then you had um, like a a little bit later on, Mike Joy came on there and I guess they had read the tweet as well and went and gave a detailed, you know, explanation. But they all knew the rules. They were laid out in advance and they all knew that there was going to be. Uh, um, mandatory pit stops, you know, at certain spots and that positions wouldn't change. And it's, it's funny because, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to be a bitch here, but I just think it's so funny because every week I'm hearing veterans. It's the veterans who are bitching. You understand what I'm saying? But, but then you got the new guys that could have been bitching when the wreck happened and they're up there talking about it. And under, and hey, I would have done the same thing. But what I wanted to tell you though is, hold on, I'm sorry. When I go back into the Twitter history from Denny after that, well, he, you know, he retweeted when uh, Ch- Ross Chastain was talking to Jamie Little about his engine blowing up. And he said, same, our engine had enough dirt or had a lot of dirt intake, too. Mm-hmm. But then he went on to say the race was worth the wait. Hell of a finish. These cars just put on a better show on a dry, slick track. Tough break for Reddit. Congratulations, Kyle Bush.
3: Yeah. So
4: I, I just, you know, I don't know how much of it is. I don't think let me back up. I don't think it was frustration with the track, honestly, with Kevin Harvick. I think it's frustration with Kevin Harvick. And his well, season is what, it, right. and it it got taken out on the track because that was an easy point. It's funny too that the track was a big cluster f at the beginning, but then when his car was handling great and doing great, then everything was great, and they got the track. They were packing the track the same damn way that they did at the end. That makes no sense to me whatsoever.
3: And I, you, you touched on it there. You know, Kevin Harvick's frustration. That's where I was getting ready to go next and say, you know, he's 13th in the standings right now. He has not had a very good season. And, you know, he's one of these drivers that may not make the, the playoffs this year. And, and, you know, he's getting kind of close to the end of his career. And I think, I think he's just playing out frustrated, Don,
4: I do too. And, you know, I get it, Mike. I get that some people are like, why are we doing this? You know, what are we doing it for? But here's what I think they're doing it for. You used to hear that same kind of talk coming from guys when it came to the road courses. Uh, You know, what are we doing? We're not open-wheel racers, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, NASCAR has evolved so much that these drivers, I mean, the driver backgrounds are insane. And again, they're not all coming from, you know, the southeast coast anymore. Racers are coming from all over the country. And their experience level is dirt, it's asphalt, and it's computer yeah. I mean and it's 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 really strange though it's just it's a different era it's a different way of, of of racers coming up and into these series and I honestly think Mike that adding these different tracks it, it, to me it encompasses a total champion you're going to have your champion yeah. is going to be somebody that can you know master all of these different ways of driving and that's what i think it's about to me nascar is the top tier drivers you know i i know a lot of people say no f1 guys are or indycar no i think that nascar NASCAR. is pretty elite you know when it comes the the cars are heavier and you're really doing the driving in them um so you know you've you've got to be able to to handle it all and i don't know and and then you know, I think Harvick is, we talked about it, Doug Rice and others before. I think Harvick is, he's old, he's crotchety now. <laughs> um, well, and, you know, he's just, and, he spe- and I love that he's speaking his mind. But like to say that NASCAR doesn't listen, like why well, go talk to him? They don't listen. Seems to me like they listen because they make changes every damn week based on what the drivers and their driver's council
3: is saying. Them. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. I don't understand
4: why he's saying those things.
3: Yeah, I, I, I have... No idea where he's going there, but um I, I think again it's just pure frustration. Now uh Steve O'Donnell, the chief uh, operating officer for NASCAR, addressed this issue this this week with, on with Mike Bagley and the guys uh on the show there on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. So here's what uh Steve O'Donnell had to say about all this.
2: Yes, I think um we're definitely interested in continuing uh to look at dirt. Um, you know, still kind of dissecting what took place this weekend, what we can do, where we could be. Um, but all in all, I think the direction, you know, as of today would be certainly to remain on dirt. All right. And then Easter Sunday. And and not just from the holiday perspective, but as you heard us talking earlier, if you're listening to what our conversation with Joey Logano was, when you have a schedule as big as this one, baking in some off weekends, how difficult the proposition is that, Steve? Uh, it's certainly a challenge. I think this year in particular, uh, the way the calendar falls out, was already one less off weekend, so if you looked ahead to next year, that would be different. Um, we'd be able to, to probably add a second off weekend, you know. But for us, it's it's what do we all want to do to grow the sport and expose it to more fans? Uh, and when you're offered up uh, the the ability to be on an additional network race, you've got to take a hard look at that. And and that's what we did. And and uh, you know, we expect that uh, when the viewership numbers come out, you know, we're going to be in a better place than we were last year in terms of you know, who was able to see the race, who was able to come out. And then if you compare that to being on a cable race, maybe back in 2019 or 2018, it's a significant bump to the entire industry. So, you know, we don't take it lightly. We we know that it's important holiday for a number of people out there. I thought the track did a terrific job, as did our TV partner, uh, and celebrating the holiday and then, uh, you know, certainly celebrating a race uh, at the end of the night.
3: And so there you go, Don, you know, he he made a good point about them being on the, the network, you know, instead of out there on the cable, on FS1, the cable station, it really helps to be out on, on the network. The NHRA, in the NHRA um, drag racing series has realized that as well on weekends that they get their race out on the network their numbers are always a lot higher than they are on, on FS1 or FS2 where where they normally show the races there. So, uh, uh, so anyway, I I I thought he had some very interesting things to say there.
4: No, I did too. And, and again, I mean, the numbers are speaking for themselves, you know, I mean, again, we talked about the highest ratings at Bristol of any kind since 2016 and then overall for the season ratings are up over 17%, which I mean, that's I'm sorry. Anything no. double digit is huge. I mean, but 17%, that's, that's just, those are crazy good numbers. Uh, and it just goes to show that fans are enjoying what they're seeing. And, uh, you know, and, and I bet those numbers would be higher. I'm, I'm actually surprised because, you know, with what we saw for two weeks in a row on the short track, it was getting a little dicey, but no. um Mike, one of the things that I I can tell you, numbers will be high next week because we're at Talladega, which is always one of the races yeah. that folks look forward to. We got Dale Earnhardt Jr. Uh, coming to visit the Fox boys in the booth. That ought to be fun to hear. Uh, Junior and Clint Boyer ought to be a that that'll be a hell oh. of a time. I've listened to them on the on the Dale Junior download before. That's that's good stuff.
3: Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> going to be pretty funny. Uh, you know, Clint is is a character himself, and then with junior i think they're gonna they're gonna have a good time but it's gonna be weird to hear his voice with mike joy and and clint you know because we normally hear him over on the nbc side um with rick allen and the guys but uh <laughs> but uh, i i'm i'm kind of excited uh looking forward to hearing that i'm gonna have to make sure i dvr the race because i'll be in houston at the drag races this weekend i'm gonna miss all that all the live action you know coverage but um i'm not gonna um, I'm going to be sure I set that recorder and I'm going to make sure I set it so I get it in case the race goes long. <laughs> right.
4: Definitely. Now let me, yes, make sure. Um, let me ask you, you know, we had DW back in the booth. You heard it there on radioactive earlier, uh, in the show with the boogity, 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 your thoughts on DW coming back to the booth.
3: Uh, he needs to stay away. <laughs> I mean, it, it was okay to hear him, you know, and, but I'm, I'm, I'm over the boogity, boogity, boogity stuff. And and um, Daryl's Daryl. I mean, I like him and everything. Uh, I've, I Hell, I've interviewed him two or three different times and got a chance to see him win at Texas World Speedway one time. So uh, got a chance to interview him there and everything. But um, it, it's time to keep him out of the booth, and he needs to enjoy retirement. And and let's get these other guys like Tony Stewart and Matt Kenseth and Danica and now Junior. And, you know, there are going to be some others. Chad Canals was it what he was on there a couple of weeks ago? I think it was yeah. one of the broadcasts. And uh, I, I say, keep rotating people in and do that instead.
4: I know. And I always feel bad when I say mean things about DW because he was so gracious and God, so nice to me. Remember how, uh, yeah. how complimentary he was? <laughs> So it's like, I feel bad. It's like, I don't want to, but I'm kind of the same way, you know, now we've had, okay. So we've had drivers in the, in the booth. We've had crew chiefs in the booth. I would love to get an old uh, and by old, I don't mean like old, like age wise, but I'd love to hear a spotter's point of view, especially at Talladega, give me a spotter in the booth, you know, to, I mean, hell there's, you know, you got, uh, TJ and, and, uh, god i forget names but tj and then of course uh bubba's spotter and uh one of the other guys there that that does the bumper door clear or whatever door bumper Ah. clear you know podcast and also i know there's some old spotters out there that you could get in the booth too but um i like to hear the perspective of of all of them you know it's it's very interesting and
3: well even a guy like chocolate myers you know guys like that you know that have of course, he was on more on the mechanic side, you know, the crew side. But I think it changed it up a little bit. And I think the fans would really like it.
4: I do too. Daryl, he's He's personable. But this week was a little or this past week was a little painful because, I mean, let's face it. And like right now, I'm struggling when you're away from it, when you when you get out of the groove of it for a while. That's why like the first couple of races of the season uh, for yeah. any of the networks, it takes a minute to get your rhythm and stuff going and to get that that get chemistry the and everything flow
3: going yeah. to
4: get the flow. And it was really bad. Uh, I mean, it, yeah. it it was really off. And, and like I said, I mean, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy them talking to him, but like he even said, he, I think he said he raced on dirt like one time, but it was a joke. He made a joke about it, but he just, uh, he can't relate to these cars. Yeah. He can't relate to anything yeah. with it. So.
3: And I think he was trying to make up for lost time that he had been off. Yeah. He was sure was talking a lot, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, well uh, I'm going to get my chance. I'm going to do it, do it right now. You know, say as much as I can while I, while, while I can. Wow. <laughs>
4: forgive us dw i'm not trying to (laughs) be well um was uh so indycar are we we're still off now or what are we doing
3: well we had a test open uh test session today at indianapolis motor speedway dawn and get check out this scott dixon does a lap 227.187 miles per hour Hmm. and then uh, i just give the top fat. The top 10 fastest ones. It was uh, Connor Daly was second. Colin Idlott, I think it's I L O T mm-hmm. T, was third. Santino Ferrucci was fourth. Marcus Erickson was fifth fastest. Alexander Rossi, sixth. Uh, Elio Kasanev was seventh. J.R. Hillebrand, eighth. Colton Hurd, ninth. And Takuma Sato was tenth. They had 31 guys um, were there. Uh, 25 of them actually hit the track. Uh, there were about six of them there that did not, uh, they were there at the track, but they didn't, had no time. And I think they had some mechanical issues and uh, didn't get a chance to get out there. So uh, I, I think they. and I heard that Alio um, uh, had a, had a crash today. I saw that uh, I think it was Bruce Martin who had tweeted or reported that he had crashed. I'm, I know he's okay and everything, but I'm not sure um, how bad the, how bad the wreck was, but I did hear that he had a uh, an accident during uh, the test session today so yeah we're right here at the month of may now dawn and that's going to be um in the month of may is is all indy and so we're right around the corner for Indy car racing and Indy 500 so look out it's going to be good
4: well and uh you know you had jimmy johnson i know i wasn't on here last week with you you know jimmy ended up having a little bit of surgery had a, a screw put in that finger that he uh that he injured and yeah. I know he's been on his Twitter and Instagram page showing some of the therapy and all that uh, that he's been doing. Um, he says he yeah. plans on being ready. He was there at the at the indie test and he'll be ready for uh, Barber uh, on May 1st. And then, of course, you know, for the 500. And then I wanted to say, as I was scrolling through, looking for that tweet, um, I saw a, a tweet from him cheering on my buddy, Matt Kenseth and all the other runners in the Boston marathon today, man, Matt Kenseth. Did you see his time? Yeah,
3: I did three
4: hours and something. I'm like, damn,
3: yeah, damn. That's really good. And he ran like average, like a six minute mile. That's which crazy. Great. And uh, what is Matt about 48, 50 years old now? I yeah. Think?
4: Yeah. I think he's like a year or two older than me.
3: Well, speaking of Jimmy Johnson, uh, he did, uh, like you said, uh, with, despite the fact that he had uh, surgery on his finger, he did record a lap. Uh, he ran 21 laps today in in the open session. His fastest lap was on lap nine, and he did a time of uh, 218.785 miles per hour. So he was, you know, about nine miles off the the the, the pace of the what uh, Scott Dixon did, but uh, w- with the with a broken finger and the pin in it and all that it's still not bad to be able to wheel the car. So I think as his hands, you know, get more better, whatever you want to say, I think he's going to.
4: Flexible in the range of motion.
3: Range of motion. I think he'll, as we go along, you know, in a couple of weeks, uh, I think you'll see him pick up that time and uh, do a lot better. So I do
4: too. Cause I have a feeling this test session um, for him was a little different than what it normally would have been i think i think he's out there kind of you know running some laps to get a feel and yeah. all of the track and, and stuff but i think too it was it was to to get a feel of that grip you know get that grip going again on the on the wheel as, as you're actually you know in a test session or in a race kind of mode um it, you know he's going to start getting more feeling and and stuff back i mean he's uh, what, less than nine days, I think it is, less than nine days from yeah. surgery. So, yeah. um, I mean, that's that's pretty good. But, uh, And then, Mike, I know we mentioned it earlier, uh, NHRA, Houston this weekend. Um, what are some of the big storylines that we should be watching for?
3: Well, you know, the big story, the biggest storyline is the fact that this is the last race. After 35 years of racing at the um, Houston Raceway Park, this is the last big national event.
4: Unless they they pull a Mark Martin,
3: unless they pull a Mark Martin, which they might, you know, (laughs) um, which would, which would be good. Things change and they may not do all this building that they want to do. But anyway, um, as far as storylines, you know, we've had 35 years of historic racing at this track. This is where John Forrest won his 100th victory the last time. Uh, Tony Schumacher, I mentioned him earlier in the in the broadcast. Uh, Tony Schumacher now living in Austin. This Don Schumacher's son, um, we, who we know as the Sarge. He had, for years he was had the U.S. Army sponsor on the dragster Well, he took a year off last year. He's back this year. But back in 2020, when um, the year of COVID, when they actually ran the Spring Nationals in October, <laughs> when they had you know everything was delayed that year um he went over to uh Tony Schumacher was running a limited season um limited number of races that season and he went over to Houston and won the race beat Steve Torrance in a great side by side race it was the second quickest side by side drag race for top fuel in top in in top fuel history and Tony has um three wins at the track if he wins this weekend it'll be his fourth he um is the um winning winning this driver in top fuel history he has 85 career wins i think the next person is like in the 50s i think so he he's just completely like you know john force you know 147 wins 150 wins whatever and and in top fuel i mean funny car but uh, tony is just an amazing driver and so there's got to keep an eye on him steve Torrance. Uh, keep an eye on him. I think he he'll do well. This you know might come down to these two guys. Uh, in in funny car, you've got a, a whole bunch of funny car drivers this year. That uh, between Ron Caps and Robert Height and John Force and all these guys. Alexis DeGioia, Uh she's running well. So any of those drivers could win. And then the um, Pro Stock uh, cars, uh, Erica Enders, You know, she's grew up there. We've talked about it on the show before. That's where her and her sister, Courtney, race, Junior Draxers. They, um, you know, that was their, their track that made them famous for the Disney movie, right on track. So Erica really wants to get a win and close out, you know, her last race at this track with a win. And she did, she comes into the race, Dawn, having just won a couple of weeks ago in Vegas at the four wide nationals awesome and so um she's riding momentum and then the the pro stock motorcycle uh uh, drivers they're back and they have a hell of a season they've only had i think one race this year um because i think this is the fifth race of the season i think they've only had one event that they've actually raced at their schedule is getting ready to pick up and they have a lot of races coming but uh karen stouffer won one of those races uh and uh so you know, there's a couple women in that class and Angie Smith, Karen Stouffer, uh, Jillian Salinas, uh, is in that class this year. You young gal racing. So there's a good group of men and women in, in the motorcycle division that anybody can win on any day. So there, there's just a lot of good, uh, drivers to follow and stories to follow. And I'll be, you know, writing stories and putting results up and doing some tweeting and everything. So Check out racedaysay.com, and I'll have all the coverage this weekend. And um should be fun. The weather's supposed to be good, so I don't think there's gonna be any chance of the race getting rained out. And I think we're just gonna have a good event all around.
4: Now, am I making this up in my head? Or did you tell me did you tell me a story one time though about isn't it Houston that Is it Antron Brown's family or something all ends up coming up to the race there because aren't they from like Louisiana or something and they all come up and they do like a big cookouts and stuff or something, or
3: he's got a huge following. I don't know if they're family or just close friends, but there's a whole big group of people from Louisiana that come over. They love Antron Brown and i imagine some of them are probably kin, you know, uh kinfolk and everything coming in and uh but they do the crawfish boils and that's what's neat about this race because the pit area is well not just the pit area but the the parking lot area they let you tailgate and stuff and people it's a lot like texas you know they'll pitch their tents they'll barbecue they, but but you know it's right now it's crawfish season so and then you you're not far from louisiana and, and you're over there you know and so-called east texas where you can get some good crawfish and
4: uh
3: um, yeah sw- yeah the swampland so uh they they do a lot of crawfish boils and stuff and that, that's neat to walk around and smell that all oh, that, that f- good flavor and everything that they have you know in those boils and uh the, the seasoning and everything i just oh man now you got me wanting a crawfish don <laughs> you want a
4: whole bunch of light. You're just, you're, you're salivating old bays in your mouth. <laughs> Isn't that Correct. what it is you put on old bays or, but no, I thought I remember you telling me that story and I'm like, okay, I'm yeah. either going to sound like a total idiot, but I, I could have sworn. I'm like, well, I know he said that. Ant-
3: Antron will, he'll have several hundred people that have just come to see him from Louisiana and East oh, Texas. Well,
4: he should.
3: Yeah. And, and, and he, uh, he, he's a huge draw in, huge. <laughs> Is
4: Matco still a sponsor of his now that he moved to this Yeah,
3: Mat is. Okay, one. good. So my
4: shirt that I still have. I'm going through my, okay, so, you know, I'm downsizing both in my body and clothing. <sighs> so I'm, I've am i been going through my closet. So I had a bunch of, like, Brad Keselowski shirts, uh, number two shirts, Miller Lite shirts and stuff that I had to pitch um, or I'm getting rid of. Um, some things I save. Like, I still have Deller and Hart
3: Jr. stuff. Don't pitch that. You know what you should make? What? Is a T-shirt quilt. Yeah, I could do a t-shirt quilt. Can That'd be neat to take those old shirts. Because I'm getting ready to do that with all my, when I used to run marathons, uh-huh. I've got hundreds of, not hundreds, but probably 30, 40, 50 race t-shirts that say finisher and everything. And I'm getting ready to have a, a king size uh, t-shirt quilt of all my uh, marathon shirts and everything. You
4: know what? That's yeah. a good idea. I could do that because yeah. I've got a bunch of different race shirts and, and team, you know, or driver yeah. shirts and stuff. That'd
3: be might be neat instead of just getting rid of them.
4: Yeah. Okay. Plus
3: you want to sell them on eBay or something.
4: Yeah. Cause they're not gonna bring in a lot, you know? Yeah. Maybe there's, I have a couple of things that could, but I, I keep most of my racing stuff. So
3: some of uh, that might mean something to you really one day you know, <laughs> I have, know. Have those
4: right now. It just means like it's, it's taking <laughs> up a lot of, of space in my house along with a lot of other crap.
3: I hear you. <laughs> but, uh,
4: but yeah, no, I, I'll look into that. So good, good point. Good point. Well, Mike uh Talladega, your picks.
3: All right, Ryan Blaney for the win. Well, I didn't
4: even hesitate.
3: I've been thinking about this. My long shot is um, uh, Chase Elliott, mm-hmm. and my really long shot, I'm going Bubba Wallace this week.
4: All right, all right.
3: Well,
4: yeah. um, let's see. I'm going to think about what we saw at atlanta i'm also going to think about what we saw at daytona so um i'm going to think about these roush Fenway keselowski cars yeah. um i'm going to have to go big bad brad for the win um, brad i
3: almost, almost went with him uh
4: and then uh, you know it makes me wonder then too if i so i'm going to say brad k for the win i'm going to go with you went with ryan um i'm going to go with joey uh, for the, as my long shot. And then I as well, am going to say Bubba Wallace. I had to, I had to make sure I put Bubba in there. Mm-hmm. Although, you know what? No, no, no. Here, let's do a good thing. In my heart, I'm going to say Bubba. I forgot. I got to go Suarez still. I yeah. said I was going to do Suarez and, the, and actually him on this track is not a bad pick either. So. I'll,
3: take, I'll take Bubba. You take Daniel. All
4: right. So there we go. There so we go. I think we're, I think we're covered on this one. I think we got a good, we got a good chance. So, okay. All I right, Mike. like anything else going on this besides huh? getting ready to head to the armpit of Texas.
3: Yeah. We're just going to be human fun, but uh Shocker. yeah, but <laughs> it's going to be kind of sad to see this track close, but you know, time moves on. And if they build one at Coda, that's even closer for me. And, and who knows what they're going to do, or maybe they'll have two races up in Dallas. I can come see you. So
4: that'll be fun. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, we'll have to find some sad music like it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday or something next week when we pour one out for the Houston Motorplex. Isn't that what it is? The Motorplex, right?
3: Houston Raceway Park.
4: Oh, oops. Houston Raceway Park. My
3: bad. Texas Motorplex is what you, it was up there by you and Ennis.
4: Okay. That's right.
3: Yeah, that's right.
4: right. <laughs> all right. Well, whatever. We'll still pull one out. for. Uh, all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mike. Well, uh, I'm going to go and... Uh, take a shot of something, I guess, or do something. Right. And
3: you made it all the way through, and I your did. voice is still there, and, and it sounds just as good as it did at the beginning. So good, good for you. Good.
4: It it has a little bit of a Peter Brady, you know, pre-puberty thing going yeah. on with it, but <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> I love it. It's okay. Hopefully by next week it'll be back to my screechy normal voice. Although I'm I'm kind of I don't like the hoarseness of it. But I, yeah. I really dig the lower tone of it. I'm going to yeah. be honest. Kind of has that, like I said, it's either the sexy stripper voice or the chain-smoking grandmother. One of the two.
3: Or the sexy stripper.
4: So, okay, so sexy stripper. <laughs> so let's do your sexy stripper. Color of your underwear and the last thing you ate, Mike. That would be your stripper name.
3: Oh, man. Uh, what now?
4: <laughs> color of your underwear that you're wearing. And and don't tell me you're rolling commando, um, skin. It's my my color is skin. So um, yes, color of your underwear, and then what you ate last.
3: Okay,
0: that,
4: and that's your stripper name.
3: Black sushi.
4: Black sushi. <laughs> All right, mine's almost just as bad. Mine's black lasagna. So. And actually, that's a lie. I had lasagna for lunch. I had cereal for dinner. So I guess mine would be black. I-
2: Cheerios.
4: No, I had, for, no, for no, I had uh, what are they? They're like cinnamon, like whole wheat Cheerios. Oh, okay. So, no, that's not as fun. I'm going to go black lasagna.
3: There you go.
4: God, we're, we're horrible.
3: <laughs> we are. <laughs>
4: All right. It's a good thing I didn't have these Cheeto puffs because I would have been black Cheeto puff. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, All right. I hope you all enjoyed this week's show, Mike. Once again, thank you so much for, um, for having us. And I want to remind folks, we don't do it every show, but for the most part, we try to make sure you stay all the way to the very end. Cause we like to throw in some little fun little nuggets and stuff here and there at the end of the show. And I mean, that's after the closing music, I'm going to give it away this week. Cause we didn't do it during the show. I go give you doug rice's call from the booth on the final lap there of bristol motor speedway it's a good one so we'll do doug rice's call as our little post show nugget this week mike what you think
3: that sounds great because it was a good call
4: all right so stay tuned for that we'll see you guys next week stay safe have a great weekend here we come doug rice
3: Battling into turn three, Briscoe dives to the bottom of the racetrack, side by side, they get loose, they spin, now Tyler Reddick does a 360, so does Briscoe, it's going to go to the third place car as they come back to the start finish line, and that's going to be, it looks like, Kyle Busch will win this race as they spin out on the last lap, Reddick spinning out, taking out Chase Briscoe, and Kyle Busch comes from nowhere and gets the win.